0: Yo, welcome to Playing the Rube, a podcast by Nation.com. I am Tim Malcolm, the editorial director of that website, also the host of this podcast. What is this podcast? Playing the Rube is myself, Tim Malcolm. And Dan Walsh, we play Out of the Park Baseball 2018, an awesome simulation game that you play where you can go really deep as the general manager of any baseball team both in the major leagues and across the world or even in the minor leagues. Whatever you want to do, it is your game. We're playing as the 2009 Phillies, and our goal is to extend the Philadelphia Phillies' window of contending far beyond 2011. We're starting the seeds of that in Nine. The team did not start the season well, and I will get more into that in a moment. But first, find the podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube.com slash PhilliesNation, and of course, at Apple Podcasts, where you should go check it out. Go give us a five-star rating. Review it, please. Uh, it is under the Phillies Nation podcast. Just look there and you'll find Playing the Rube. You can just comment on the Nation podcast and Playing the Rube at the same time. What have you. Please find it there. Also go to philliesnation.com for all of your Phillies news, rumors, information, opinion, and much more. You can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash Nation and at Twitter at Nation and at Instagram at philliesnation underscore. Okay, Playing the Rube. Chapter 14, what is this team doing? Well, we started the season out really poorly. Then we traded Shane Victorino and Joe Blanton at Tampa Bay for David Price, Jeremy Hellickson, Scott Kazmir, Jesse Crane, and Brian Dozier. Then we traded Cesar Hernandez to Pittsburgh. We got in that deal, we also traded a few other guys at Pittsburgh, but we got in that deal Pedro Alvarez, a third baseman, and Rudy Owens, a starting pitcher. Recently, we just traded Brad Lidge to Milwaukee. We got Jeff Supan in that deal. And why? Lidge was not pitching well at all for us. He's got terrible scouting reports, and he's making a ton of money. We decided to cut bait and move him over to Milwaukee. Supan is not also very good. He does also make a lot of money, and he's got bad scouting reports. But we figured that maybe a change of scenery would do him well. So far, it has not yet, but we are still waiting Uh, the jury is still out on Jeff Supan so that takes us to right now we just lost 2 of 3 to the Mets before that we lost 3 of 4 to the Dodgers before that we lost 2 of 3 to the Padres we've been really bad but we're hoping that things are going to start turning around for us and that starts coming up with this next episode where we take on the Red Sox the Blue Jays and the Orioles and we make a couple crazy moves too not personnel moves though uh, well not player moves, personnel moves I should say let's get going on playing the Rube Brad ledge stretches the 0-2 pitch, swinging a miss, struck him out.
1: The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008
0: World champions, champions of Champions of Champions of football. Champions of Champions of Amaro Jr. Champions of the general Champions of the Philadelphia Phillies. But what of months after that? Ruben left. That's where we come in. Two guys living in their houses in 2017 will attempt to simulate the 2009 Phillies in answering the eternal question, could two guys living in their houses in 2017 do better than Ruben Amaro Jr. with the Philadelphia Phillies? Welcome to Playing the Rube. June twelfth, two thousand nine, the Phillies are nineteen and forty one. Yes, we're that bad. Before we play a game today, I start talking to Dan about players who are about to hit the Gulf Coast League and the Williamsport Crosscutters. We're talking about guys recently drafted. In a weird quirk, the game had all the 2009 draft picks already on the team when we started. So we pushed the draft back to December of 2008. So those players are now finally starting in the time that they would have started anyways in July of 2009 or June and July of 2009. And the next draft we have will be in December of 2009, which will be the draft for the guys who will start playing in 2010. Okay, let's start talking about these guys and where they're going to belong in the Phillies organization. Dugan will be in Williamsport. He's 18 years old, but the problem is is that this, the next pick that they had in, in that year, Kyrell Hudson, is also pretty young. Uh, I believe he's 19. Maybe No, he's 18 as well. And he is going to start in the Gulf Coast League because he's just more raw than Dugan is, uh, as, as raw as you can be. So Dugan's – and they both play center field. So Dugan has to be a, another level because I don't want him and Hudson at the same level trying to play center field. So Dugan's going to start in Williamsport. He might be there for two years, for all I know. Um, He's 18. Overall, 20. Potential, Dan? 20.
1: That was a good good pick. pick. We did a good job.
0: Fantastic. Um, So Kyrello's in the Gulf Coast League as the starting center fielder there. Um, The third pick that they had, the fourth-round pick, is Adam Buschini, who is now in (laughs) Clearwater because he's he's had a pretty decent start in Lakewood. So he's a little bit older. Uh, he's, I think, 21 years old, 22 years old, so he's already in Clearwater. Good, not bad, not bad, okay? Um, Matthew Way is the the fifth round pick, and he is actually starting now in Lakewood. We moved him up in that rotation a couple days ago. Um, and then there's a guy named Steven Inch. Do you remember anything about Steven Inch?
1: Um, no. Don't.
0: <laughs> you're you're trying that to remember Stephen Inch?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is what can I possibly remember about him other than probably there were a lot of cool puns involving his name.
0: Yeah, like it takes twelve of them to get a foot.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, it's good. Uh, he's a relief pitcher. Shows you how again how bad the Phillies are at drafting. Their sixth round pick was a reliever, and he's in Gulf Coast League because he's young. A um, couple other names though. We should just like just say here's you know here's who we got but i'll go through the rosters uh and the big names on those rosters that is williamsport has let's see here shows you how good this roster is um a starting pitcher named Soman lebron and i don't know who this guy is he's 22 he must have came out of uh he's he came out of the dominican so he maybe he was in the dominican sort of training ground in Philadelphia, uh, for the phillies um, there is no Dominican roster in in two thousand nine for the Phillies, so we can't play with them. But LeBron came from the Dominican. He's twenty two, so he's old. I mean, most of these sport guys are twenty two, um, but he's got an eighty stamina. So that just tells me that he's a you know decent starting like he could he could start and he can go for a long time. And I'm sure he'll be good filler, you know, at the at the least. But in two thousand eight, he had sixty three strikeouts and eight walks for whatever wow. team he was in the Dominican. So that's pretty good. It's pretty good. That is- um and then Josh Zied who is a 22-year-old starting pitcher. He was a 10th round pick for the Phillies in 09. He's also in the Williamsport rotation with LeBron. And let's see Jake Odorizzi who we picked up in that trade recently. Um I think it was in the Brad Litch trade. Odorizzi yeah, I think so. is yeah. yeah, he's 19 and has a potential of 40, so he's actually the best prospect on the Williamsport Crosscutters. <laughs> Congratulations, we did a good job.
1: We did. See, it's all us.
0: And finally in Williamsport is uh, 18-year-old outfielder Zach Collier, who was a 2008 draft pick and was in the Gulf Coast League last year. 271, 347, 357, 20 potential. He is all tools, Dan, as we have heard many times. His speed is a 65, but every other offensive rating is pretty damn bad.
1: Yeah, well, all those, all those drafts spent picking toolsy, raw, athletic guys. They'll it'll turn around for us eventually. Just keep doing that.
0: Gulf Coast League, a uh, couple names to point out. The best Phillies prospect, potentially, at this point, is shortstop Jonathan VR, 18 years old. He's going to be starting uh, at shortstop for that team. 19-year-old starting pitcher Trevor May, who has a 45 uh, potential. He's also on this team. I believe he was last year in the Gulf Coast League as well and got a little bit of experience, so I just want to give him a little bit more in the Gulf Coast League before we make any big moves with him. Um, 18-year-old center fielder Aaron Altair, who the Phillies picked... Actually, I think he was in this 2009 draft in the ninth round. He's a potential of 20, um, but maybe he'll be a major leaguer one day. Maybe. Um Starting pitcher Brody Colvin, who was picked in the seventh round this past year, he has a 20 potential as well, just someone to look at. Jared Cozart, also a uh, 20 potential, 19-year-old starting pitcher. A um, lot of babies in this team, right? Babies, I think is the name.
1: Yeah, that works. Um, yeah, I mean, so not many names. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not Trying to go with the baby aces thing, not working. I know you're going for
1: the baby aces, but then I was looking around for uh, Jesse Biddle, and I couldn't, I couldn't find his name. Ah, uh, yes. Um,
0: Biddle came the next year.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's why. So that's why I had that like brain fart there. Um,
0: Maybe we'll draft him.
1: <laughs> we might. Let's see what his ratings are first. Probably twenty potential, twenty overall. But just like everybody else, we're drafting. But, um, yeah, so not a ton of names to really keep track of as we go. But certainly Trevor May, Jonathan VR, um, Jake Odorizzi are guys that we'll be looking at closely.
0: And, and just real quick, finally, Jason Knapp, uh, starting pitcher, who's got a 60, uh, 60 stuff already, which is pretty darn good. He's the only guy on the Gulf Coast roster with a green anything, so that's really interesting. Uh, uh, Jonathan Pettibone is on this roster. Domingo Santana, 16 years old, outfielder, is going to be on this team. We'll see how much time he gets this first year, but I don't... The thing about this is this is a big. it's a really big roster because there's so many guys that just need to get on this roster because some of them should be in the Dominican, but they're not. So a lot of these guys will just get very little time this year, which isn't a big deal. Um, and Sebastian Valle, who is probably the top catching prospect in the low, low minors, he's a 20... As well, all these guys are 20s. And then John Singleton, who was drafted in the 8th round uh, by the Phillies this year. 17 years old, first base. He's got good power. It's a 45 at the moment, and I think it's got potential to be better. It's got a potential to be 55, okay? So he's also on this team. So, you know, interesting names to look at. Nobody's really standing out, though, as far as their ratings in the game besides VR, May, and Oderizzi. But, you know... It, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll kind of check back in when these guys get a few games under their belt, which will start in a week or so. Now we start a series against the Boston Red Sox, who are very good, 33-27. and 27. I'm sure this is going to work out great for us, like every other series we played this season. John Lester on the hill. We have Scott Kazmir with a 5.07 ERA. I don't know. Do you think we'll get a win or two out of this Boston series? They are 33-27. and 27. They're not very, very good, but they're good.
1: Uh, well, everybody feels good when we roll into town. Everybody looks good by comparison. But we, I mean, we should with their pitching the way it is now. I think that we could easily squeak out a win or two in any given series. Well, that's a loss. Okay. Well, I only said one or two wins. That's all I said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it sucks. So let's see how this worked out. We were down six to nothing. And then we scored six runs in the fifth inning. It was 7-6 to six at that point. Then we tied it up 7-7. Seven, seven, and then the Red Sox scored four in the final two innings. So a, a just a typical Phillies loss this season. Um, Casimir gave up six in four innings. Jeez. Um, Madsen gave up three in a third. Whew.
1: That's not like him. Yeah,
0: I mean, these pitchers are just... It's insane. Now everybody's got an ERA. See, this is what I get for saying that, oh, we only have two guys in our bullpen who have ERAs over five. Now we have like five.
1: (laughs) That's, see what you did? You didn't do enough weird
0: superstitious rituals. Another loss, another day, another dollar, another blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm getting to the point here where maybe even after this Red Sox series, like if we do need to make the sacrificial pitching coach cut, I'm I'm getting close, man. I'm really getting close. And this isn't like yeah, this isn't like you know Tim in a slapdash moment after the Yankee series, just getting really pissed off. Um, you, <laughs> like like this, every pitcher in this rotation right now is pitching like. Uh, they were thrown garbage on their heads and then they decided to get up and then more garbage was thrown on their heads a la a Looney Tunes Acme cartoon.
1: And it's not only that, it's that every picture that we bring in is terrible as soon as they get here. I understand that Jeff Soup isn't necessarily a Cy Young candidate, but every single picture that we bring up or, or acquire just kind of just fails right away.
0: The weird thing is like, Ryan Madsen has 29 strikeouts and 9 walks. He's got an 11.2K per nine. Um, but he has given up five homers in his 23 innings, 28 hits allowed in 23 innings. Like, I just don't, like, what What exactly is, like, is it the catching? Is, like, is it bad catching by Carlos Ruiz? Like, what is happening? Like, there's got to be some. I wouldn't think so. Huh?
1: I said I wouldn't think so. Carlos Ruiz is the best.
0: I mean, offensively, he's having a great year. I'm kind of curious, though, to see uh, just what his catcher ERA is. I would assume it's probably pretty terrible.
1: Well, yeah, it must be terrible because everybody, all of our pitchers are terrible.
0: This is true. Yeah, his catcher ERA is a 5.97. Boo. Among... Anybody who actually starts, it's second worst behind Kurt Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but, I mean, he's had some of the worst pitchers. Them, yeah, so
0: I, I, know. I know. I don't want to, like, come down on him or anything like that. But I, I'm trying to figure out what the solution is here. If it's just as easy as a pitching coach firing or, you know, everything we're doing is just still completely wrong or – I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's pretty disheartening, to say the least.
1: It is disheartening. Every time we think we're doing something right, we're just so so wrong.
0: June thirteenth, two thousand nine. The Phillies are nineteen and forty-two. My God! Day two of this fun Red Sox series. Josh Beckett against Brett Myers. Oh, this is going to go well.
1: <laughs> I yeah, I think you're wrong.
0: <laughs> you know, I know, <laughs> I know I know you're
1: being sarcastic, but it's worth pointing out that you're still wrong. <laughs> It's, you're too wrong to even to even find humor in the sarcasm.
0: So Brett Myers pitched well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seven uh, seven innings, three hits, one run, six strikeouts. Oh, five walks.
1: <laughs> That's not going to do it.
0: Well, they won though. We oh, won. okay. We won four to one.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, the way you said it, you, the way you said it, it was I, I thought you meant that he pitched well, but nobody else did.
0: No, That's no. My, Myers pitched well, um, except for the walks, which I still don't understand the walk thing. Uh, yeah. Jesse Crane picked up the hold, and Ryan Matson pitched in one, two, three, ninth, um, which is nice to see. Uh, Worth and Howard hit home runs, and four to one, good win. It
1: is a good win.
0: Brett Myers quoted as saying, "Throwing strikes is the main thing." <laughs> He yeah. walked he walked five. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't the main thing. It was it was clearly like a tertiary thing.
1: Yeah, that, that was not the main thing, Brett. I'm sorry. You didn't even do it very well.
0: Update on the all star voting. Uh Chase Utley's still the top vote getter among second basemen. I don't think that's gonna change anytime soon. And Cole Hamels is fourth among starting pitchers. So we're gonna have two all stars, it looks like.
1: We are, which just puts into perspective how sad it is when, for example, just a crazy example, you only send Pat Neshek to the All-Star game.
0: Yeah, and considering he's in like double A in this game, that's crazy.
1: I, I just <laughs> used the name I pulled out of a hat. I know, that's
0: I awful. know, I know, I know. But Pat Neshek, there will be a future where the Phillies send Pat Neshek to the All-Star game and nobody else. Sounds nobody like a knows. great season. June fourteenth, two 2009. The Phillies are... 20 and 42. All right, we can get a series win here against the Red Sox, Dan. Um, Tim Wakefield going for the Sox with a four-four-zero ERA. Jeremy Hellickson for the Phils, three-nine-nine ERA. Here's the thing, though. The Phillies are notoriously bad against knuckleball pitchers, and I, I know that from experience. I've never seen the Phillies actually play well against a knuckleballer.
1: Neither have I, but it's possible that Out of the Park doesn't know that.
0: You realize they know everything about this team. <laughs>
1: Well, they know that we're terrible. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, you know, might happen. We might uh, shut shut you know shut them out or something. I don't know. Listen, I'm just trying to be optimistic. All right, you don't have to. <laughs> you
0: don't okay, have to okay, scared, hey, but... hey, hey. I mean, I like your optimism. It's good. It's good for the game and for me. It's you know we're being peppy. I like it.
1: And my my optimism has paid off so many times before.
0: It really has. <laughs> Can we win a series and against a good team at that? We'll find out in a moment when we return on playing the Rube. But first, let me tell you about PhilliesNation.com. Very slow time of year right now, and it shouldn't be. It's the hot stove, right? bad hot stove. But hey, we do have we do have things at philliesnation.com that you can read right now, including a piece that I wrote just a few days ago about, hey, maybe the Phillies do have a chance to win the second wild card. I looked at some of the other teams in the National League and the projections and is it possible that the Phillies could win the second wild card this coming year? Maybe they could win the first wild card. Why am I putting the first one out of the question? I don't know. I'm an idiot. Whatever. Also, a piece from Mike Sadowski about Christian Yelich. Rumors of him coming to Philadelphia, whether they happen or not, and they probably won't happen, but could that light a fire under Oduble Herrera's butt? Maybe he'll stop making more mistakes. Who knows? But he uses an interesting metaphor to actually come up with that piece. You should read it right now at PhilliesNation.com. We're also going to have all your news, rumors, information, opinion, and much more. When things break, we'll be there. Follow us on Twitter at PhilliesNation, at Instagram at PhilliesNation underscore, and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Nation. Give us a like. Also, please... Get this podcast a like on Apple Podcasts. Maybe give it a five-star review. You know, just say a few good words, whatever. This is under the Phillies Nation podcast. Just listen and give it a good review for God's sake. Back to playing the room. We lost pretty bad. Did we? 11 to 2.
1: That is bad. See, that's the old Phillies that I know from 2 weeks ago. <laughs>
0: Uh, Hellickson gave up six runs in four innings.
1: Yeah, that's not good.
0: Four walks, three strikeouts. Rodrigo Lopez gave up two runs in two innings. Kendrick gave up three runs in three innings. We are the five ERAs, man. We are the five ERAs. We are. Like,
1: that's just everybody.
0: But the Philadelphia Fives. The five Fivelys.
1: The five Fivelys, yes.
0: Trademark. 2009,
1: 2018, 17. What year is it? I
0: have no idea. It's good. Jason Veritek hit uh, two home runs.
1: <laughs> yeah, good. It must be nice to be Jason Veritek.
0: Yeah, of course. Jason Veritek gets hits. We can't get a hit. Me coming back with the jokes there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're putting him in his place. <laughs>
0: June fifteenth, two thousand nine. The Phillies are twenty and forty-three, and now Joe Bisenius has the flu. All right, so Joe Bisenius is on the DL. He has the flu. You know, puts him the DL, and um, our rotation in Philadelphia: Casimir has a six-six-zero. Hap has a six-one-four, which is partially from last year or from his, from earlier in the season, I should say. And Hellickson has a six-two-three. They're going, they're going really well right now. So
1: good. Everybody's afraid to face us.
0: And meanwhile, in Lehigh Valley, since David Price has been sent down, uh, let's see how he did in his last start. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see if he just miraculously became the best pitcher in Lehigh Valley history. He gave up two runs, six hits, six strikeouts, three walks, and five innings. So that's not great. That's fine. It's quality. It's not even quality.
1: Yeah, he just has to last longer into the game, and then it's fine. Other than that, you know, pretty good.
0: So we're on a day off. How do we feel about the pitching coach? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I don't know. I would tell him to uh, make sure there's nobody under his car before he starts it. Is that too far? Did I go too far? That felt like I went too far.
0: No, I don't think so. I think you were fine. That's totally cool. Um, he's bad. He's bad. He, this staff has a 5.62 ERA. Um, he doesn't get along with anybody. Doesn't have influence on anybody. 18 years, and he's inexperienced.
1: Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't sound great for him, really.
0: The funny thing is, like, the funny thing is, most of the people in our, coaching staffs across the entire organization are inexperienced, which leads me to believe that this game has no idea who these guys are. <laughs> they just made them experienced.
1: That's what it sounds like.
0: Although I'm poor. <laughs> I am poor. June 16th, 2009, the Phillies are 20 and 43 and now this is the time where we talk about firing a pitching coach because now someone has to be sacrificed to the gods, or else we're not going to be able to sleep ever again. All right, Dan, we've had uh, a night to kind of think about this pitching coach deal. Are we still on board here about axing? I don't even know the current guy's name to be honest with you. That's that's really good on us, right?
1: It's. I mean, it's not great. I don't know if that's if we we should probably have learned at some kind of orientation who these people were. Uh, and we're certainly not endearing ourselves to the people of Philadelphia uh, as it is. So no. if we don't know our coaches, they're not going to like us any more than they do now.
0: Doesn't seem like it. Uh, Rob Emmons is his name. He's 49 years old. He is lightly regarded around the league and has not yet shown that he belongs in charge of a pro staff. He prefers working with power pitchers. Now, we don't really have any power pitchers on our staff. Either we have neutral guys or uh, finesse guys. So doesn't really work out for him, I guess. Um But I'm with you. I think – well, I don't even know if you actually answered the question. Um, We're still on board with firing him, right?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, there we go. So there were 10 guys who have a decent reputation. Uh, Actually, it's more like 12. But um, of the 12 guys who have a decent reputation, there are some finesse guys, obviously, And I know you had looked at sort of how the game looks at finesse pitchers or looks at the pitching focus, and the finesse pitcher guys basically work well with finesse pitchers. It doesn't mean that they'll turn everybody into finesse pitchers. So with that knowledge in mind and any other knowledge that you've accrued over the past night here, um, what do you think?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I'm not worried about the financial aspect of it I am thinking yeah all these about, guys
0: although all, first off all these guys are demanding anywhere between like 120k and 160k and so if we fire this guy we're getting back well we might have to pay him I don't know how that works but we're not going to be over budget so continue on
1: yeah exactly and anything that a coach makes is a drop in the bucket for a major league team um which which is good and, and now so I was looking for I was looking at experience you know because you kind of want a guy who has been through a little bit uh, when you're looking at a coach. Um, and a lot of the coaches that we've pulled up and that are on our short list, maybe a long list here that we've been talking about, uh, aren't necessarily the most experienced guys. A lot of unproven and inexperienced uh, inexperienced guys that are looking at here. So, so that hasn't solved it for me at all, I don't think.
0: Um, If we're talking experience, though, I know we talked yesterday about we wanted guys maybe over like, well, first off, all the guys who are of decent reputation are over 10 years experience. But if we're really talking experience, we're looking at maybe 20 years as sort of a cutoff. And there's three guys who have at least 20 years of experience in this list, and that's Kirk McConnell, who's fifty six. Tony uh, Olivella I should say he's he's, uh, 59 and Billy Porter who's 58 he has 26 years experience so he's basically been in the game for a long long time and of all the coaches that are available it feels like Billy Porter is the big marquee name I guess Um, he is the most likely to become a head coach at this point or manager what 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 sport is this Um, and uh, he's asking for the well. He's one of the guys asking for the most money. He's asking for $150,000. Yeah, and,
1: and he his reputation is decent, um, which is a start. And uh, I see that, that he likes youth. Um, so we know a few of the quirks about these guys, right? And Billy Porter's quirk um, – well, he has two quirks. One is emphasizing breaking ball command, and the other is that he likes youth. So obviously – a guy who likes working with youth will be important to us as we are slowly rebuilding a uh, pitching staff almost from, I would say from the ground up, but really just from the Cole Hamels up. And yeah. um, and so liking youth will be important because we need a guy who has that kind of patience and development
0: focus. But also really from the Cole Hamels, I mean, he's part of that too. So 2009, you know, we have guys who, I think all these guys can throw a fastball and I'll pull up the pitching staff real quick. Like all of our guys have pretty good fastballs on this team. Um, you know, Helixson's throwing up to 97. Hamels throws up to 95. Myers, while well, he might not be on the team soon, but he throws up to 94. Um, and then if you go down the list, like Price throws into the in mid nineties and Casimir throws into the mid nineties. So, you know, I think fastball is something that we don't need to worry about too much. It is the breaking stuff. So if we look at their individual pitch ratings, which I think will give us a little bit of an idea of what we need to work on here, Hamels is a 65, Hellickson's a 65. Now, is only a 50, which is interesting. Um, and Hap is a 55. I didn't mention Hap before. And then if-, if you look at their breaking pitches, so Hap is pretty good. But Cole Hamels, like he's part of that young group too because it's 2009 remember and you know he's had a little bit of success so far but there is definitely room to grow grow for him so I'm looking at their individual pitch ratings and I mean yes they for the most part have actually pretty decent breaking pitches Hamels has a 70 curveball Hellickson has a 70 curveball Half has a 65 curveball and a 60 slider, and Kazmir is uh, sort of the one outlier. He's got a 50 slider, and he's got a 75 changeup. His changeup's the best pitch, but that's the off speed. So, you know, it's not as if we need a guy who is most into breaking ball command, but with a young staff, I think, wanting to develop secondary and tertiary pitches and make them high-level pitches is something that we would definitely want in our uh, arsenal.
1: And really anything with the word command in it sounds good to me right now. It, it feels like our pitchers have, have been walking a lot of players yeah. this season. So if we can minimize that, we're already improving overall. Um, I guess my only question about Porter is we know that he works well with finesse pitchers, but does he, will that be, you know, does that mean that he is disadvantaged working with everybody else or is he fine? And this is just a specialty that he has.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like this guy will probably be. Well, the guy that we have right now, again, I forgot his name. Rob something, Emmons. Emmons, that's his name. I didn't look either. That's good. He um wasn't doing well at all for no re- You know, he, there was n- he's he's inexperienced, poor, whatever he is. He's not good. This guy is at least decent, and any of the guys we're looking at are decent. So they would at least I think give these guys a baseline of a four ERA and maybe like decent control, and just. Before we, like, finish the control conversation, you're right. That's something we definitely need. Hap has a 45 control. Kazmir has a 45 control. Uh, Helixon has a 50 control. So And Price, I think, has, like, a 50 control as well. So these guys can definitely use a couple ticks up. And I think that's very sexy, something that we would want on our team, for sure.
1: Yeah, and to continue the comparison even between a newcomer and Rob Evans, it's not like it can get worse. So even if, you know, his specialty, obviously, like we said, is finesse. And even if he's not as great with the other types of pitcher, we can at least give him some kind of contract and at least give him a shot to see because it can't get any worse.
0: So I don't want to just say it's Emmett or not Emmett. I don't want to. I don't want to just say that it's Porter or Bust here. But is there anybody in this list that you think maybe is worth uh, a look here
1: um, well, you know, I, I, it's hard to say it. It's like, I don't, cause like we said before, it's not like we're experts at knowing what to look for in a coach. It, I guess some of the quirks are, are differentiators right now. Um, because these guys are relatively speaking the same tier of pitching coach and the financial differences aren't that great. Um, but the quirks are interesting. Makes pitchers work on walk rates and likes youth. That's a quirk for one of them. That's Nate Haskell. Another one, um, Makes pitchers refine their deliveries, uh, which is interesting. And you wonder if that would lead to more consistent outings—you know, being able to reproduce success more often. And then uh, there's another guy whose quirk means to me that we should—that he's not necessarily what we need, which is that he likes veterans. We're not trying to build around veterans right now, so yeah. so that quirk wouldn't really add anything to our particular club.
0: Yeah, and there's a couple other guys too that are off this list that. Are just worth talking about for a second. Um, there's a guy named Mark Foos who is a decent reputation, uh, but he's a focus on ground ballers, and um, he's, he, he teaches people how to throw the splitter and the sinker, which I guess could be interesting for our team, but we already have guys who have really good refined pitches. They just need work on them, so I don't know if we need a guy who comes in and teaches guys a completely new pitch or two. Um, then there's another guy named Jeff James. Uh, oh, no, he's on the list. Excuse me. Um, let me see here. There's a guy named Josh Hart, who's 44 years old. Now his thing is power pitchers, pitchers, power pitchers, but he encourages pitchers to make generous use of the fastball, which is only interesting to me because these guys all have good fastballs on our team already. So maybe he can make these guys all just superb power pitchers, but I don't know if we want that in citizens bank park. So, yeah. And my
1: thinking with fastballs too, is that that's great when your pitcher throws 97 But what does it mean for Kyle Kendrick or, you know, just as an example for if he's if he's encouraging more fastball use, that really depends on having a pitcher that can actually blow that fastball by people rather than just teeing them up.
0: Yeah. So I think of the two well, of the guys that we have listed here, there are two that to me seem interesting. One is unproven in Sam Poor, who is the one who wants pitchers to refine their deliveries, and the other is Billy Porter, who I just think is the best possible candidate here. Um, so what do you think? I, I'm kind of on the side of bringing Billy Porter in for an interview, and and as long as he hasn't killed somebody in the past, we can offer him the position.
1: Yeah, I think that I would like to start with Billy Porter and then have Sam Poor as the guy we go to after that. I mean, I know that... Sam Poor's reputation is unproven, Um, but that's but it's not poor. It doesn't. Yeah, it's not poor. It just means that he hasn't had a lot of experience. I mean, he's 38 years old. His name is poor. It's just that his name is poor, but hopefully not his results. But we could start with Porter, the guy who has been around longer and and has the at least a, a starting reputation.
0: So if we're gonna do that, we're gonna have to fire Rob Emmons.
1: Is that? I mean, you say that like it's a bad thing.
0: I'm saying that as if maybe this is a chance for the assistant to step out of his shell and fire... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) How would you feel about doing it?
1: (laughs) Um, uh, Well, you know, in our case, we just have to kind of click a button, so that's pretty easy. I've never fired anyone before, though.
0: Well, you need to get in line, because I have before, and it is actually really crappy. All right, let's do it. I'll do it. I'll call him in. All right. All right, so it, it didn't go terribly. Uh, he knew that it was kind of in best interest. His contract was up after this year, so he had a feeling that this was probably the end anyways, especially the way that they were playing. And he did say, though, that he felt that the problems in this team were much larger than him.
1: Well, it's not wrong, but the fact... You know, I, I do think that we're right to can him before the season's over. You know, you bring a new guy again, introduce him to everybody, and then next season we start fresh with the guy who already knows everyone.
0: All right, so Porter, good interview, had a lot of good things to say, thought we were at least in the right direction with our young rotation, thought there was a lot of potential and that he could do a lot of good things with them. He, um, I, I asked him, you know, I said, you know, what, what do you think as far as an offer? What would be a good uh, sense of what you'd want? And he wants a three-year contract for 200000 a season.
1: So more than his original demand, I guess, because we have a, a seller tax that we have to pay because we are in the seller.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's also trying to really get a good offer from us, and I think we can lowball him a little bit. It's not like this is Colby Lewis, you know, who's – Entire life is on the line here. This guy's been kind of hanging out in free agency for a little while, so I think we can lowball him.
1: Would you rather lowball him in salary or in total years? Salary. Okay.
0: I mean, well, what do you think? Because maybe we maybe we do like. I mean, you just said that it'd be nice to have him in the next year, you know, where he's working with the young guys. I mean, we have young pitchers here. I feel like we'd mm-hmm. like to have a, a pitching coach working with them, who was kind of not growing with them, but knows them from that sort of beginning point.
1: Yeah, so that his role becomes more in actual development over time rather than just, you know, it's your turn to throw a bullpen today.
0: And before Charlie Manuel, I just want to see how much time he has on his contract. Three years left on his contract. So I think having billy porter in there until 2011 is probably the right move i think
1: yeah and then if we you know if if something happens and we need to change you know have clean house and have some new coaches then we can do that but it also gives them a chance to work together and and kind of form a, a coaching chemistry of a different kind
0: all right what do you think about three years his original offer 150k per year
1: i think that's fair
0: more than what i make
1: well yeah that makes two of us
0: i mean as gm of this team it's more than what i make <laughs>
1: well i'm just a volunteer so you got me beat
0: all right the offer has been made and we will see what billy porter has to say about that meanwhile we're playing the blue jays this week the blue jays are old rivals
1: how are they Woo-hoo. doing this year
0: they're 31-35, so they are better than us, but they're not very terribly good.
1: <laughs> I knew they were better than us. You didn't have to tell me that part.
0: So this game we have Jay Happ on the hill against Scott Richmond, who has a 5 5 ERA. So a winnable game for us. Happ has a 6 one ERA, so a winnable game for the Blue Jays. Um, let's just do it. Let's see what let's happens. Let's just jump
1: right in, yeah. All
0: right, we got a win, my friend. A win.
1: All right. I
0: have to. Hap played uh, six innings, four runs, eight strikeouts, three walks. Not terrible. Not great. Not terrible. No,
1: not great, but okay.
0: And we actually won with a late rally. We scored two runs in the ninth inning to win the game. (laughs) So we can't win a game just like straight up. (laughs)
1: No, we're never gonna have a game where we like come out and score two runs in the first and then attack on later and then and then it's just like a nice clean comfortable win. We don't do that in Philadelphia.
0: Worth went three for four with a home run. Rollins went three for five. He's in he had also had a home run. He had, he's hitting two sixty seven right now, so that's cool. Um
1: so that's not bad for Rollins, really. He was never a high average guy, he was more, you know, did a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Rollins has six homers on the year and we're in June 16th. So, uh, and park and Madsen finished off the game. So at least we have like sort of a working back at the back end of the bullpen. Now, thank God.
1: Yeah, we, it doesn't always feel like it, but I, I do think that we have solved a number of problems this season. Maybe it was too little too late, but, um, it's, we're still looking to next year,
0: which is good. June 17th, 2009, the Phillies are 21 and 43. Ha <laughs> ha. Take that suckers. Okay, we got some news this morning from Reading. Javis Diaz, outfielder, has a sprained ankle and will be out 5 to 6 weeks. Diaz was hitting 257, 307, 356. He's a 24-year-old outfielder in Reading. Safe to say he's not major league potential quality, uh, and he was more sort of a backup outfielder in the Reading lineup, so not a big loss there. It might kind of tax the outfield there a little bit cuz now they're down to just a 25 man uh 25 man roster and currently they don't really have a backup outfielder um so well their their backup is the dh gus milner thought of maybe moving someone up from clearwater who also has four outfielders so that's not great lakewood has five outfielders and one of them isn't really playing at all so we can maybe move one of those guys up what do you think
1: yeah, I don't think that you want them to be short in the outfield for five or six weeks.
0: Yeah, I'm I, with you on that. Um,
1: so I think that we have to move somebody up. It's not, um, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, like a, like somebody who is, uh, we're looking at future long-term potential as much as just somebody who maybe could go to that level.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at Vladimir De Los Santos, who's in Lakewood. He's 22 years old, so he's old for the level, and he's only hitting two thirty three, two sixty six three seventeen. He's a backup outfitter on this team. He's actually DH'ing on this team, so we might actually have the same problem in the outfield Lakewood in a second, but as a paper move I think this is totally fine for a couple weeks. So he's gonna go to Reading. And now he went from unhappy to normal. Because he went to Reading. Good for you.
1: That's all it takes sometimes. Nice little trip to Reading.
0: And still the outfield in uh, Lakewood is okay, which is nice because they just moved Travis Mater, who was playing back up third base to DH, which is actually the better move for them anyway. So good all around there.
1: We are so good at our jobs.
0: Hey, while you're at this podcast, why don't you listen to the most recent Phillies Nation podcast where I talk with Matt Breen about what happened in the offseason so far and what could still happen, including a trade for maybe a big time starting pitcher. That and more on the Philly Nation podcast this week. Also, shameless plug for me, you can read more of my writing across the internet, including a recent piece that I had at the Hardball Times. Go check it out at uh, thehardballtimes.com. You can get it through Fangraphs as well. Uh, there, I did a piece on Scott Matheson. You may remember him from the 2007 and 2006 Phillies. He He's also part of this podcast right now. He's part of our organization. How funny is that? But I talked to Scott Matheson about his new career, which is as a great relief pitcher over in Japan. You should check out that uh, story right now. It's really cool. He uh, talked a lot about what it means to have success in his later years in his professional career. So check that out again at the Hardball Times. That is one of my shameless plugs. Now, back to Playing the Rube. All right, so we still haven't heard anything from our friend Mr. Porter, but we do have another game tonight to play, and I think we should just get to it. Cole Hamels on the hill against Joel Carreno, who is 0-0 with a 4.05 ERA. I think we could take this. Be honest. I think
1: we could. I think we could win this series.
0: It's another win, my friend. We did it. We won the series.
1: See what happens when you fire your pitching coach and you accidentally start a series before you hire before you've hired another one. You know one?
0: what? Maybe maybe Jamie Moyer is the pitching coach right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's hey, people in Philadelphia have been begging for that for like ten years now.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we had a three nothing lead, gave Blue Jays two back, and then we scored two more, gave the Blue Jays two back, and then we scored one more. So we were able to stave off the Jays. Hamels gave up four four runs. This is the thing now. Gave up four runs in eight innings, four strikeouts and a walk. So his ERA only went up to two five nine. 5 Madsen pitching a clean ninth inning for his fourth save in the closer role. And Chase Utley, two homers, two for three. Or excuse me, two for two with two homers, three runs scored, a walk. A fantastic outing for Mr. Utley. And Johnny Gomes hit his fifth home run of the season. He's now hitting two twenty, so he's getting there.
1: Yeah, he's a step above embarrassing now, which is good. Uh, I'd like to see a little more out of him. Uh, you know, I mean, we did trade Paul Baco for him, so I keep bringing that up because no matter how bad he is, it's better than having Paul Baco just sit in AAA and do nothing for us. But we were hoping that one of the things that we liked so much about that trade was that it gave us the flexibility to move Victorino. So we were hoping to get some offense out of him uh, and make us more comfortable with that move. So it would be nice if he could keep picking it up.
0: Just taking a look right now at Lehigh Valley because J.C. Romero had a second appearance. Uh, he's still doing the rehab thing down there. Romero is now two and a third inning. He's got a zero ERA, three walk, three strikeouts, and two walks. So, you know, he looks like he'll be coming up to Philly pretty soon, which is nice to see. That is good. June eighteenth, two 2009. The Phillies are 22-43. and 43. Here we come. We're starting to win again. And more good news is afoot. Okay. I got a phone call this morning from Billy Porter. And
1: what did Billy Porter have to say?
0: He said you got yourself a pitching coach.
1: All right. You know, we we haven't lost without a pitching coach, so I think that this might have been a bad decision after all.
0: Probably. We should have just not had one. Burn us at the But stake. we'll see.
1: It'll, <laughs> it'll be nice to have him now, and then you can develop the younger guys and all that other garbage the pitching coaches do.
0: Interestingly, Billy Porter's reputation after being hired by us just went to good. So that Well because
1: now he's a charity worker. That's because right. that's how bad we are. That's
0: right. <laughs> All right. Final game of the Toronto series. Can we get a sweep? Brett Cecil on the hill for the Blue Jays, three eight O ERA. And look, with the new pitching coach, maybe Scott Kazmir is gonna have a little fire lit under his butt. He's got a five five six ERA, but maybe it's time it goes down. Didn't go down.
1: Did not go down, Did, okay didn't
0: go down. And in fact, he's also hurt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this is what we knew of Scott Kazmir.
0: Kazmir pitched an inning and a third. He gave up 6 runs. 3 strikeouts and a walk. 6-2-1 ERA now. Boof. That's bad. That's a terrible the, It outing. wasn't the worst performance of the game, Dan. Okay. May I may may you guess who had the worst performance of the game? Well, hopefully Brett Cecil. No, we lost.
1: Okay, well, then I'm out of ideas.
0: Well, pick any Phillies pitcher in the bullpen right now who you think probably had the worst outing in the game.
1: Oh, so not just who I think it could have been, but I have to actually guess? Yes. Okay. Um, Let's see. It wasn't... Was it Kyle Kendrick?
0: I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with Jeff Poop. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Soup did it. Did it. Did it in today.
0: Two innings, seven runs, seven hits, four walks, a strikeout, eight oh five ERA. Yeah, he's get he comes on at eight oh five and gets lit up. Hoof. Worth went three for That's four. Really bad. Worth went three for four. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Worth
1: Worth has had a good
0: series. He has. He, he's playing well against the Blue Jays. Good to see former team. I've,
1: I've said it before, but it's a very different lineup with Worth. Hitting well.
0: It, it, no, it really is. It's true. I uh, got a call from Ryan Matson, by the way, uh, after the game. Yeah. He is not happy.
1: Well, in fact, he, he can said he is, he, line. he
0: is terribly unhappy.
1: Well, that's putting it mildly, I think.
0: He wants to be traded. I bet he does. Do you want to trade him? <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know if I want to trade him or not.
0: Yeah, I think if we're trading him now, it's sort of low value because his ERA is a little high still, which isn't everything, but it's something. And he's getting paid a decent amount right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could, if we could get something back and clear salary, it would be nice. But it seems unlikely that we'd be able to do both, especially if uh, he's not at peak performance.
0: I mean, I should he's- say it's a four. It's four million dollars a year. But it's through 2011, so it's a long contract for a reliever. He has a 4.78 ERA. It's a little misleading. The FIPS a little better than that. Uh, he's got a 10.3K per nine, but a 3.1 walk per nine, which I guess is kind of in career norm range, but could be better. So, and he's only a 50 overall, 75 potential, which is kind of funny. I didn't realize he was that bad. Maybe it's yeah, as a closer. Maybe it's as a closer.
1: It might be. Uh, specific to him as a closer yeah because I think that he was better when we just had him in uh, in middle relief
0: well he's still a 50 as a reliever so huh interesting I mean it's something to think about when we get closer to the deadline I guess yeah it is
1: and that's something that in the coming weeks we'll have to look at more closely is which of these guys we are considering moving
0: something to think about Something to think about.
1: I hate having something to think about.
0: June 19th, 2009. The Phillies are 22-44. and 44. So, bad news, right? Scott Kazmir's out. Well, what are we going to do now? We start talking about that. All right, so no news yet on Scott Kazmir, which could be bad, could be good. Who knows? Um, I mean, at this point, honestly, I think maybe he is injured, and he was injured, and this kind of helps him because it'll just let him get better. And to be real, we have potentially some guys in Lehigh Valley who we could plug into this rotation, and they wouldn't be that bad compared to what Casimir was. Um, Carrasco is actually on a little bit of a cold streak right now. He's got a four three one ERA, still a great K per nine, uh, nine point two, and a two point nine walk per nine. So very good numbers. He's at forty overall right now and sixty potential. But then, of course, we have Eric Curley, who has pitched tremendously. He still has a under three ERA, and he's got sixty five strikeouts and twenty eight walks, which is pretty good. Um, I want to see if he got a start again because we put him back in the rotation. Yes, yeah, so he had two starts since we put him back in the rotation. His first one was eight strikeouts, no walks, one run in, in six innings, good pitching. And then his second start was not so good. He went just four and a third, gave up five runs, walked three, struck out three. So that's a bit of a regression. But still having a very good year.
1: Yep, he's still one of our major success stories, I think. Uh, it, hopefully, at some point, we'll be able to use him in the majors and get that same kind of production out of him.
0: So we'll see what happens there with them. At this moment, there's really nothing else to look at and talk about. I think at some point we want to make the J.C. Romero move. Maybe we do that after this next home series, uh, which is against the Baltimore Orioles, another great rival of our past. Um, Brett Myers is going up against Justin Germano, who had they have identical ERAs at four nine three. Myers keeps going up against really bad pitchers, and he always comes out in the bad end of them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, not bad enough is what I'm going to say.
0: 7-5 win.
1: So the offense is really coming alive, which is nice, because that's what we, you know, the if you think back to the 08 and 09 Phillies, it was kind of all offense all the time, and then sometimes Cole Hamels would pitch, and then eventually Cliff Lee also. But it, so it's nice to be able to, you know, if our pitching is a weakness, to be able to score runs anyway.
0: Jimmy Rollins is on a ridiculous streak right now. He's 4-5 for five in this game. He had a double and a home run. Greg Dobbs hit a home run. Pedro Alvarez hit a home run, which is good to see because he's been having some troubles since being acquired. Uh, he was been chitting tonight, too. Dobbs was starting at third. Um, Myers actually pitched well. Seven innings, three runs, walked five, which, again, the walks are too much. Three strikeouts, but he did get deep into the game. Uh, it was actually Chano Park in the ninth inning kind of coming in with a big lead that gave up a couple runs, and then Madsen closed it out with a straight-up inning. Of good pitching, so good win, good win for us.
1: With where we are, I think that any win is a good win, and I don't <laughs> care how it comes. I'm not, I'm not going to complain.
0: Twenty three and forty four. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I just got a knock on the door from our team trainer, um, Brian Tracta, and it's not looking good for Scott Casimir, man. No. He's got a bone spur. In the elbow, I should say. He's, so out for, uh, he's out for at least two months.
1: Okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. Which which means, most of the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, which means we're basically putting him on sort of, you know, watch, and if he comes back by the end of the year, maybe we give him a couple stars or kind of pitch him very, you know, cautiously. But that's kind of it for Scott Kazmier this year, which kind of sucks.
1: Yeah, that's a shame. But, fortunately, it comes after we have the pitching depth that we just talked about. You know, we talked about Carrasco and Hurley. We didn't even mention David Price, who's still down there trying to kind of get himself back on track. So, at least we have options to replace him.
0: That's true. I, I don't think – I mean, I'll look at his numbers to see what he's been doing in Lehigh Valley, but I'm necessarily not in the place where I want to move him up just yet. I think he needs to have a little bit more time down there before we – he could even wait until after the trade deadline or September, honestly.
1: Yeah, we don't – we value him too much to keep just pulling him back and forth between Lehigh Valley and Philly. It's just – he's just a name that's worth mentioning so that we can kind of keep track of who's actually down there.
0: His first start in the International League, he went five innings, gave up two runs, six strikeouts, three walks, so a quality start. And then his second start was six innings, three runs, six strikeouts, five walks. So another quality start, but the walks are just too much still. Um I'm almost like, should we tr- should we get rid of our pitching coach in Lehigh Valley?
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe did you keep Sam Poor's number?
0: I did. I mean, we could give him, we can give. Him, I mean, he's not. He didn't want that much money.
1: That's true. He only his his starting offer is is uh, thirty eight grand, which is not. It's that's like nothing to a baseball team.
0: True. That's true. Our pitching coach in Lehigh Valley is Ben Cobal who has a poor reputation, FYI, he, I mean, the team ERA is 5'11", which isn't very good. And relationship-wise, he doesn't really have good relationships with anybody, even though he's supposed to have good relationships with young players. Um, he's signed through this year, so I'm fine with bringing in some, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, the, with poor, honestly.
1: Yeah, it sounds like we would need a different coach next season anyway if we weren't going to extend him, which I don't know if we necessarily would want to extend him. So why don't we see what Sam Poor wants to do?
0: Well, let me talk to uh, our boys in Lehigh Valley and have them bring Ben Cobal in for a little talk.
1: See, you love firing people now. You said that you don't like it, but you love I it. I
0: said our boys in Lehigh Valley. I'm not doing it. All right. June twentieth, two 2009, the Phillies are 23-44. and All Here's where we start comparing Carlos Carrasco and Eric Hurley. These are the great discussions that we have in this room that we share, myself and Dan. It's really, really gripping stuff. So I'm uh, just got off the phone with Sam Poor, who was interested. He would only need fourteen K for one season. Really? I would like to bring him at least uh, bring him in for at least two.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's right to, to give him more than one. That's so little money.
0: Yeah, and I'd almost lowball him, but I feel like 14k is not enough to live on.
1: Yeah, I feel I almost feel like do you want more money?
0: Like, are you sure? Remember, this is a game.
1: I know, I know, I know. I don't want to launch off onto some like socialist. We don't <laughs> need rant. to get
0: Marxist right
1: Right, I'll try not to.
0: Let um, me off from 14k for t- how about that? Just stick with what he wants.
1: Yeah. Because if you lowball him, it's at max a difference of, what, $2,000?
0: Yeah, that's not fair.
1: That's, yeah, that's nothing.
0: Meanwhile, Scott Casimir is on the 60-day DL. I just moved him there because there's no point in putting him on the 15-day. Um, who do we want to bring up? Eric Hurley, Carlos Carrasco. I don't want to bring up David Price. Rudy Owens is pitched okay, but he's only 21 in, in AAA, so I don't think he's the guy. What do you think?
1: Well, I don't know. You know, who's... I'll put it this way. They both have good numbers, but whose numbers do you believe more?
0: I mean, I believe Carrasco's number's more. He's a 40 overall and a 60 potential. The, how about we do this? Why don't we compare him with Eric Hurley? So I believe more, I guess, in Carrasco simply because he's a 40 overall. He's a 60 potential. He's, more proven, he has 86 strikeouts to 28 walks in 86 innings. So he's averaging a strikeout an inning, basically. Um, if there's any indicators that... I mean, his his fifth this year is a 4-4-4. I thought it was lower than that. So maybe he does need a little more time. Um, he started the year a house of fire, but he's sort of cooled down. Um... <laughs> You know, his April ERA, well, let's see. His April ERA was 3.62. His May ERA was 3.72, and now he's 5.48 in June. So I feel like we're bringing him in on a cold spot. I don't think it's the right time to do that.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like the timing is right. How has Hurley's split been and everything month
0: to month? Hurley in April was a 2.05. May was a 2.40. June he's a 5.25. So they're
1: both cold at the same time. That is very convenient.
0: Yeah, but remember that Hurley was brought into the bullpen and then taken out of the bullpen very quickly. Um, so that's part of the problem there. As a reliever, he has a five four zero ERA. So that June ERA is mostly that relief ERA.
1: Okay, yes, yeah, so that's what it was. And the other side of it too is that I think that his development is less important to us than Carrasco's. Not that it's not important at all, but just that Carrasco has more upsides, so you want to be more careful with him.
0: Yeah, I think when we pull the trigger on Carrasco, I feel like that's when Carrasco's here, right? Whereas, I mean, look, whoever we bring in now will probably get a really good shot because Kazimir is going to be out for probably the rest of the year or at least close to it. And then Brett Myers, we might move at the deadline potentially. So this is a spot to maybe make the team. But I feel like if Hurley fails, we can always just bring him down. It's not a big hit and then we can maybe rediscuss David Price or Carrasco again.
1: All right. Yeah, that sounds good to me.
0: So I think we've uh, made our decision there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Harley sounds good. And, and like I said before, the second he puts on a Phillies uniform, he is a success for us because we just signed him as a minor league free agent.
0: Well, I'm really excited to uh, give Eric Hurley a call. So let me do that right now. This will be really cool.
1: Try not to fire anybody while you do it.
0: This is the part of the podcast where I make an imaginary call to a minor league pitcher, telling him he's coming up to the major leagues. Yeah, Hurley was really excited, really excited. It was, it was so cool, and I, I kind of, I, I kind of teared up a little bit.
1: Did
0: you? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit.
1: <laughs> you're very, you're a very sensitive guy, though, so that doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, you know how it is. You know how it is.
1: There's nothing wrong with that.
0: No. So Hurley's now on the rotation, which is cool. Uh, Hamels, Hap, and Myers, and Hurley is the rotation at the moment. Uh, hey, we'll see what he does. I'm, I'm excited to see if he can, you know, have a couple good starts and maybe stick with the rotation for a little while. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's not a big deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, have some good starts. Maybe just eat some innings, really. Would be
0: nice. Now, the question that we then have is... Do we want to pull anybody up from Reading to take a spot in Lehigh Valley? Um, the one guy I think who might actually, well, there's two guys, maybe even three. So we have Mike Stutes, who in 13 starts has a 3.66 ERA. He jumped from the Sally League to Reading this year, so keep that in mind. Michael Fires, who we picked up not too long ago has a 3.12 ERA in AA in 17 innings, 11 strikeouts, 7 walks. That's not a great um, ratio and he's relatively new to AA and the team, so keep that in mind. Then there's Tyson Brumman, who is 24. It's his second go around in Reading. Last year he had a 6.50 ERA, 47 strikeouts, 46 walks. But this year he has a 3.36 ERA, 41 strikeouts, 28 walks. I'm kind of on the Brummett train here just because he's showing it right now and he's 24, and I feel like he deserves it.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like he figured something out at writing, and now it's time to see if he can figure something out at uh, Lehigh Valley also.
0: We can say that he
1: is reaching Brummett Summit. Can we say that?
0: No. No? Okay, all right. (laughs) Only I can make the puns there, man. All right. (laughs) Maybe we'll go with it. We'll see. Funny enough, Brummett was unhappy when we moved him up to Lehigh Valley. <laughs> he was unhappy? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he really... ain't had a girlfriend. Maybe he had a girlfriend in Reading.
1: It could, yeah, it could be. I mean, it's not that far from Lehigh Valley to Reading.
0: I, he could bring her along. Yeah. He could, he could you know, you know. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit of that. Um, now, as far as Clearwater is concerned, I don't think there's anybody yet in Clearwater. The only name that I would potentially entertain is Vance Worley, who, he's 21, he's been in Clearwater for 63 innings, he's a 43 ERA, but 45 strikeouts and 19 walks. I could maybe put him there, but I don't feel like it's a necessary move.
1: No, I mean, maybe we could come back to him later. The, as I said before, ERA in the minors isn't as much of an indicator as it is in the majors, but um, he is uh, one of our few legit pitching prospects at the lower levels. So it'll be nice if we could get him to kind of fully realize that potential.
0: All right, so in Reading instead, Edgar Garcia is going back to the rotation. Uh, he started the year in the rotation and didn't fare too well, and then was moved to the bullpen, and now he's going back. His stuff is relatively marginal, but who knows? Maybe he can find another gear here in his second go around in the rotation there. So we'll see. All right, but I think we're where we need to be now with the pitching and now, Jeremy Hellickson is on the hill to face Brian Matus and the Baltimore Orioles. Can we win another series, Dan?
1: I think it's a
0: possibility.
1: That's measured optimism, if you want to know what to call it. Measured that. is good.
0: I like measured.
1: Measured is good.
0: We won another series.
1: All, All right. right. It's a whole new Phillies.
0: A new fantastic point of view. <laughs> <laughs> no one to tell us no or where to go or say, Dan. We're only dreaming.
1: All right, that's that's right. We're going to have to pay some kind of royalties or licensing fees soon if you're not careful.
0: <laughs> Helixson <laughs> had a good game. Seven innings, two hits, no runs, three walks, the silver walks, four strikeouts. We won the game 2-1. to one. Uh, Jack Tashner actually came in and tried to uh, – oh, here's what happened in the game. Excuse me. I, I buried the lead here. It was a one nothing lead for us, and then Baltimore scored a run in the ninth inning against Jack Tashner, which is weird, because I don't know why we had Jack Tashner in the ninth inning of a game. Maybe Madison was tired. Um, yeah, it
1: might have been an off day for him. <clears throat>
0: possible. We can go with that. And then our man Ryan Howard hit a walk-off.
1: Good. It, I, that takes me back, thinking about Ryan Howard hitting home runs.
0: He's hitting 257. He's got 16 home runs on the season, which I would have to assume is close to the league lead in that category. And according to my statistics, it's not. Mark Reynolds has 27, as does Russell Brannion. Former Philly. Russell Brannion. Former Philly, Russell Brannion. Yeah. Ryan Howard is among the league leaders, however, in strikeouts with 82. So proud. Jimmy Rollins leads all of baseball in triples. Excuse me. Stolen bases with 38. 38. In June. Wow. He It's 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 running season, apparently. It's good stuff. Very excited. All right. So, series win. I'm feeling ex- extremely happy about where we're going right now, honestly. And uh, the all, all-star uh, voting is is back in. And guess what? Check this out. Utley still leads all second baseman. Jimmy Rollins is now third among National League shortstops, coming up behind Jose Reyes. And Jason Wirth is second among right fielders.
1: Really? Because he was doing pretty poorly. I mean, I think early on he had a low average and wasn't hitting for power, but his OBP was still good. Is that right?
0: Yeah, and now he's got two fifty five average, but a three sixty five OBP. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That
0: explains it. And a 474 slug. He's, I mean, he's having a decent year. It's just he, his, his bad hip is probably relatively low. I should check that out because if it is, maybe we're getting even better stuff from him coming up pretty soon. The BABIP is, oh, I was wrong, 310. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he's still having a good year.
1: Yeah. That's what counts.
0: June 21st 2009 the Phillies are 24 and 44 we were going to play the third game of this series but it got rained out and pushed back one day to Monday so it's an off day why don't we talk about trades that come into our inbox before we get into the game Dan a little bit of news first off I got an email this morning from Sam poor Baby, he's a rich man, making $14,000 a year as the pitching coach of the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs.
1: Yeah, I'm understanding now why his name is Sam Poor because that is, he is not very good at negotiating a salary, because we were willing to give him more than twice that.
0: This is absolutely true. But hey, he's the guy. He's, he's doing it. I feel good. He's going to make it happen. His reputation is unproven, so that's amazing. I feel good about Sam Pore.
1: Yeah, and if it goes well, you know, he might be with the organization, who knows, 20 years. You know, it could happen.
0: We also got some news about Jimmy Rollins. He's been named the NL Hitter of the Week. That's nice. Hitting five twenty four in the week with two home runs and five RBI. Pretty awesome. Yeah, he's doing okay. Yeah, Good. good stuff from him. And the power rankings are in, and we have moved out of 29th place, Dan.
1: Have we moved into 30th?
0: We're in 28th.
1: Okay. It's, you know, small steps. It's really about how you end. It's not how you start.
0: And finally, we have a trade proposal. Do we really? From our friends, the Diamondbacks.
1: They, I think they just like you, and they're just trying to let you know.
0: Maybe they think I'm completely out of my mind.
1: I think that's part of it. It's, they see our lack of experience.
0: They're trying to milk it.
1: Do they want Jason Worth again?
0: They want Dominic Brown. Okay. They would. They want Dominic Brown and Austin Hyatt, and they would give us Connor Jackson, who's a 27-year-old third baseman, and three hundred and ten thousand dollars in cash. Interesting. I don't think it's. I mean. Jackson is a 45 45. We have a third baseman already in the system who's as good if not better than that. I don't think it's much of a deal to be honest.
1: Before the before the Pedro Alvarez deal, I think that we would have talked about it a lot more. Yeah. But I just don't think there's a need for Connor Jackson in our system.
0: Yeah, and well, we wouldn't have traded Dominic Brown for. him. I mean, maybe we would have entertained talking to Arizona about what they would want besides Dominic Brown, but I don't think. Yeah, I think in, in this reality, it's not worth talking. I mean, there's no point. I mean, I don't unless they want Brown and we can get something great off them, but I don't think we need anything right now.
1: No, I don't I don't think so either. It's certainly not, you know, what we've found ourselves doing a lot is combing through people's systems and proposing traces they didn't want to make anyway. But no, <laughs> I think I think I think that you're right. All
0: right, so I'm gonna call them and say no. You're crazy. June 22nd, 2009, the Phillies are 24 and 44. Final game of the Orioles series coming up, and let's try to get a sweep. It was a three to one loss, so it's not as if it was Hap's fault. He gave up. Three runs, so maybe it was. Nine strikeouts, three walks. Still the walks are too high for these guys. Four hits, uh, six and two-thirds. Jeff Soup actually pitched well, and Ryan Madsen finished it off and pitched fine. Um, the offense didn't really do much at all. Utley hit a double. Rollins hit a double, and that's it. So kind of a nothing game. I think we were pissed off about the rain out and just decided to throw into town this one.
1: Yeah, they just want to get out of town on the next series.
0: That's okay. I get it. It's not like we're winning anything this year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. I mean, at this point, I was thinking about this the other day. At a certain point, you and I have to wonder if we're going to lose our jobs.
0: Playing the Rube is a Phillies Nation production. You can find it at the Phillies Nation podcast on Apple Podcasts, plus SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and YouTube.com slash Nation. Thanks to Brian Michael, the executive producer, the guy who runs PhilliesNation.com. Thanks to Dan Walsh for always doing this with me. And thanks to Bentsound.com for the music. We will see you next time. Chapter 15 will come up, hopefully, in the next two weeks. Playing the Rube. See you later.